is my prayer that your love may abound more and more. My dad, once all his kids were grown and started to have kids of their own, had one single piece of advice for raising children. All that stuff about raising kids, right, is really not all that important. You just have to make sure they know you love them. Number one rule. Dad thought he did not do a great job, in particular with the older kids, numbers one through five, but us younger ones, six through ten, he thought he had done a little better job with. Still not happy, but I don't know that Dad did such a bad job. But I do think those other things, and I should say I do think those other things about raising kids are important, but I am sure he was right. The number one thing children need from their dads is to know that their dad loves them. That's why the song says, say the words, say I love you. Dads particularly need to make sure that you say the words and live the words and give the words and spend time with the words and touch with the words. And if we look at our own lives, we'll find that how we perceive our fathers loved us or didn't greatly affects how we feel others love us. Ron Hart, our early pastor, said it over and over. If you didn't see God in your father, it's hard to see God as your father. Certainly this still rings true, which... We'll see as we discuss feeling truly and properly loved by our Father God. Now, good news for the Philippian believers. You will note in the scripture we read that the apostle prays that their love may abound more and more. In other words, they were already living in love. It is the growth of their love with which he is concerned. And I believe we, in our little church... <laughs> We have love in our lives, but we need to continue to cultivate it also. We've discussed many times here that if you belong to Christ Jesus, there will be changes within you that indicate that reality. The greatest among these is love. This statement might, for those Bible whiz kids among you, bring a particular scripture to mind. Love is patient. And kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. Paul wrote this also. But unlike the Philippian church we are considering today, the church in Corinth, to which he wrote this, was greatly struggling <laughs> to make things work. Some of their major problems, they had people who were not loving, living among them. There were also people who should have been loving, but were instead still immature and living for themselves. <clears throat> Paul needed to describe love so they'd know the real deal when they saw it. They were too immature to recognize it. So now we know what love looks like. <laughs> A note, by the way, 
You guys will appreciate this. There's no feeling words. <laughs> Only doing words. But it's that part with which he ended that grabs my attention today. Prophecies, tongues, and knowledge will pass away. Hmm? And yet to the Philippians, Paul wrote, it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment. Okay, a little exegesis for you. One has always to consider the context carefully, which we must now do with the Corinthian love passage. In the early days of the church, that first generation, God gave certain people the ability to prophesy, tell God's truth audibly that they didn't learn in the normal sense. There was no written New Testament yet, and people needed that, so God gave it to them. He also gave certain people the ability to speak in languages, tongues, that they didn't have to learn. Wouldn't that be nice? And it was a sign of his giving of the Holy Spirit and to tell more people about Jesus Christ. And last, to our point today, certain people were given knowledge of facts that they did not learn. Okay? These were all gifts from God. And sadly, in the Corinthian church, people were misusing or even faking these gifts so that they could seem important. Paul needed to help them understand that these gifts should be used in love and, to the point today, were temporary in nature. Paul says that what will cease are these special temporary gifts of the Holy Spirit, not knowing per se the knowledge that Paul is talking about to the Philippians. It's not this special gift of knowledge. It's the normal type of knowledge that comes from learning. Paul is saying what many parents have, sometimes fruitlessly, said to many teenagers, don't be stupid in love. <laughs> okay? Think. Really, that's, that's what he's saying there. <laughs> that's why he ties it with discernment. We have to think when we love. One of my greatest irritations... I get irritated by things. Do you, anybody else get irritated? By? But one of the greatest ones surrounding the Hollywood adulteration of love is the idea that it just happens to you. You just fall in love. Like it's a train wreck or something. You don't just fall in love. You decide to fall in love and then you find someone to fit your plans. That's, it's the truth. By the way, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's what we tend to do. Now, obviously, Hollywood's main concern is romantic love. Hey, that's what sells movies, right? But if we understand what Paul is saying, any kind of true love, love originating with God, will be interwoven with knowledge. Of course, romantic love, but also family love, brotherly friendship love, godly love. All will be interwoven with knowledge. Knowledge and discernment, the word discernment translates a Greek word that was used in commonly in speaking of testing metals to determine their content, as in 24 karat gold or <clears throat> a lesser quality, that kind of measurement. Paul is saying test love. Make sure it is the genuine article. As believers, 
anyone with a modicum of sense, testing the reality of love simply makes sense. You've got to think. <laughs> Maybe using the list Paul gave the Corinthians. You've got to think, particularly when you want to make that love grow. In fact, knowledge cultivates love. Well, it should and will if a person is spiritually mature. Which is why the writer to the Hebrews said, solid food is for the mature. For those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. He's saying the same thing here as Paul said to the Philippians. Think! <laughs> Think when it comes to love. And, by the way, it takes time. Have you ever known rushed love to work out? <laughs> okay, God can do whatever he wants. He might rescue us from our stupidity. <laughs> but as a rule, you can't rush love. Testing, discerning, takes time. So be patient. Oh, wait. Love is patient. as the first thing, isn't it? And remember, we're not talking romantic love. Not just that, anyway. We are talking strong love, strength in love. Paul uses that overarching word, agape, the true love that comes from God. It is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent. Ah, the practical outworking of true love that has grown in Christ. I like what John Stone wrote. This is the faculty of distinguishing Christian virtue from all counterfeits, of seeing in an apparent conflict of duties what present duty really is, of avoiding moral pitfalls, however carefully covered over. The practical outworking of love is distinguishing Christian virtue from all the counterfeits, of seeing in an apparent conflict of duties what present duty really is, of avoiding moral pitfalls, however carefully covered over. Spiritual maturity in love allows us to tell when the good things people do are focused on themselves <laughs> instead of, as it should be, on others. In particular, focused on God. Spiritual maturity in love helps us to figure out which good thing among many we should do. Spiritual maturity in love shows us how to do what is right morally. How do you tell if a person is loving you with the love of Christ and not for some selfish counterfeit reason? How do you know what is right to do when more than one right thing demands your attention? How do you avoid falling into those cleverly disguised moral pitfalls that Satan scatters about everywhere. You grow in love. Grow in love so that you can distinguish the real from the fake. Become spiritually mature in love so that you can tell the greater from the lesser. Be sure your love abounds more and more so that you can tell the pure from the debased. That's the benefit of spiritual maturity. Knowledgeable, intelligent Love for the here and now. But Paul also, uh, and always, has his eye on the future. It is my prayer 
that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. Around here we speak a lot about the day of Christ. The amazing truth that Paul, in words inspired with the Holy Spirit, wants to bring across in this passage is that our growing in love in some way produces a pure and blameless nature in us for that day. Pure. Pure is, in the Greek, sun-tested. We don't get that a lot around here, but sun-tested. He's saying your love, your nature will be sun-tested. By the time of Paul's writings, the words were used mostly to indicate purity, as here, rather than its original sense, but it might prove useful to understand the origin of the phrase. There was some very fine pottery back then, just really high-end stuff. It was made of alabaster, milky white, and oh, just beautiful. They still found pieces of it. It's gorgeous stuff. Unfortunately, it was also very difficult to fire in a kiln. It often developed cracks here and there, most of the ones they tried. Now, disreputable dealers would try to sell these flawed works as if they were perfect by filling the cracks with wax and then polishing the whole thing so you couldn't see any imperfections. They looked perfect. So how could you tell? Easy. Sun test them. Hold them up and let the sunlight shine through them rather than just reflect off them. I mean, is this not a wonderful illustration of using knowledge and discernment to examine love? Does the sun, S-O-N, shine through? But the point here is that the Spirit will make us that pure. There won't be any cracks if we are His and thus learning to grow in love. Oh, and blameless, pure and blameless. In Greek, it means blameless. <laughs> That's what it, pretty straightforward. We will truly, really, through Christ Jesus, we will be pure and blameless when he returns. It's amazing, this thoughtful love. It is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ. Fruit of righteousness. The fruit we know from an early letter of Paul's, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. These are the things for which we can watch to determine if we or someone else is a child of God's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Is our love growing such that these traits are more apparent each day? Are you changing? Is this fruit more evident in your life each day? But you see, they are the fruit of righteousness, not the righteousness itself. Righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ. Paul will return to discuss righteousness later and will point out that it's only real when we are able to discern when our love grows sufficiently when it comes from Jesus Christ. That's the only time we'll know. Say it another way, it's really his life lived through us. But he's so kind <laughs> as to actually let us live it out. 
Sow for yourselves righteousness. Reap steadfast love. Break up your fallow ground, for it is the time to seek the Lord, that he may come and rain righteousness upon you. For us, to seek the Lord is to live Jesus Christ through us. To live Jesus Christ is to sow righteousness. And if we do, which we will if we are his, we will experience his steadfast love and his righteousness will rain down on us. Thank you, Father. (laughs) This is a gift we do not deserve. And you not only give it to us, but you let us actually live it. Thank you, Father. It is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Last week, we spoke of how Paul and those with him were servants for the glory and praise of God. But you see, it was his prayer that they learn to grow in love such that they live to the glory and praise of God. Not such a great stretch to understand that we truly can live every breath of our lives to the glory and praise of God. Because, well, if (laughs) we are his. Now, they certainly were. Remember last week when Paul talked about praying for them? I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. It might be a good exercise to put ourselves in their position. Would we have brought joy to Paul? To whom do we bring joy now? To whom would you love? To bring joy. Is our love well thought? (laughs) Have we carefully examined the love that we give? And the love offered to us? Is it a love that is patient and kind? A love that does not envy or boast and is not arrogant or rude? That does not insist on its own way? A love that is not irritable or resentful, does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Is it a love that bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things? Is this a love that you know will never end? Do you know your true Father loves you this way? Then this love that you have will grow. It is my prayer for you that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Father, we don't know how to thank you for what you do for us but mostly that you could give us this kind of active, living love, this real thing that we can do. And then you pour out on us your righteousness, you pour out on us your blessings, you pour out on us your love. And we feel it. We don't just live it, we actually get to feel it too. Thank you, Father, that you so care for us. 
that you've done that. Now, Lord, help us to love that way. Help us to be patient, kind, all of those things, Lord. We need to do that. Help us to build in us that fruit that grows from your Son and the love of your Son and the Spirit living in us for him. Thank you, Father, and help us to continue to grow for you and to reach out to those people who need to know more about you and share this love that they can't even understand. Help us to share it in a way that they do finally understand. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this message first heard at Living Hope Church of Westport. Please feel free to worship with us maybe this next Sunday. You can also join us online at southbeachhope.org. We'd appreciate your financial support if that is possible. We are a tiny church in a small town, but at least with the help of Sermon.net, we can share the good news with you and everyone around the world. Hopefully we'll someday be able to worship God together in person, if not in Westport, at least in the rapture.